Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hollywood, California. Today I have a beautiful guest, a beautiful friend, Jody Miller, who is here uh, begrudgedly. She's a little sick today. <laughs> well, not begrudgedly. I wanted to come. Like, that's how you know you really want to do something when your body's telling you, oh, you should be sleeping, and your mind's like, no, no, you're going, bitch. Aww. Get it together. Well, we have like this incredible rapport at this point. So you are a lifer with me and, and I with you. Yes. Right? Yes, for sure. I oh mean, my God. We're, we're, we would be road dogs if we ever took a road trip. I know. We would totally. <laughs> oh, my God. We would have so much fun on the road. Uh, but oh I'm, I mean, yeah, I guess. I think uh, if it's okay, I want to tell everybody how we met our first interaction. I would love it. Because I tell everybody Take it this. away. Because I think it's, to me, like the best thing. And it's like one of those things that you wish would happen to you. Uh, we were at a mutual friend's birthday party. And... We had never met, and we were talking, and the only thing I knew about her is that she used to be a producer, and that was it, and it was a beautiful brunch. And I, we started talking a little bit about comedy, and then I asked if you were still producing, and you said, no, you know, I'm a psychic and a medium and a life coach and a feng shui and everything that I'm obsessed with. So I was like, oh my God. And then other people started talking about it, and we kind of left it at that. But before that happened... I caught you staring at me, although it didn't really like to you. You were more like, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm staring." It was a very strange moment, but it didn't well, really. Well, I just thought, hot. "I, I mean, am hot. I'm really attractive," hot. and she had had a couple mimosas, so I was like, "Here we go." <laughs> As usual. Uh, so I was like, "Oh, she just zoned out for a minute," but it didn't actually. Nothing sparked in my brain, and then it wasn't until our, our food got served and everybody was talking that you leaned over and said, I'm sorry I was staring at you before, but your mother is standing behind you. Now, mind you people, I never talked about my mother. I didn't mention my mother that had passed five years prior. I didn't say any of that stuff. You just out of the blue, and then you immediately went, oh my God, I'm sorry, did I freak you out? Because I probably just stopped eating at that moment. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've been fucking waiting for someone to walk up to me and tell me that. Like, you always see the shows, you know what I mean, with just mediums stopping, and they're like, um, your dad is, like, on your side. And then I'm like, why does that ever happen to me? And then it happened to me at brunch. Um, and it was amazing. And, of course, and there and she there's, is. Yeah, she comes My mom time. always comes when I talk yeah, to Heather. you feel it? You see it? I can see, see it. Look at her. Yeah. That's my mom all the time. And there's Marsha. Yeah, there she is. And See? she must love you. It's no joke. It is no joke. I'm breaking out in chills as we speak. That is the spirit of her mother. And that is how we know I'm real and it's real and all yes. this shit is it's real. It's totally real. And There's my mom has mom. bad FOMO, so she wants to be a part of everything. <laughs> so it ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. Anyway, so that's how we met, and then that was it. And then that bonded our friendship. But I remember then you were like, oh, I want to come see... You perform. And I was like, oh, you're going to see me before that. Because <laughs> I am booking a reading immediately. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I think the best thing about it is our friendship that came out of it, which is the most important thing. Yes. So absolutely. thank you, Mom, for bringing us together. I I agree. I agree. And hopefully, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll be taking some MDMA soon, you know. I yeah. don't know. It's my favorite thing you, to talk you, about and to you, do it. Are you cool with talking about that? Of course. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many wonderful things about you and your kindness and your openness and your honesty are what I value most. Thank you. And it's like you're no bullshit, but you don't hurt people. Because there are people who stand in their truth or speak of standing in their truth. Right. But they can be hurtful. Right. And you have this beautiful way of standing in your truth, of speaking your truth, of like I'd go to you and say, "Does my butt look big?" And you'd have a way of saying yes, but not hurting me. <laughs> is, is there something about there's the a way, way of you saying, "Oh, well, it's, I think maybe those other jeans look amazing on you," right? <laughs> Although your butt is not big. But I'm saying that in like the, the most general sense. You because are. I think on a spiritual level, you have mastered the art of communication. 
in that you can speak freely, openly, and honestly with the biggest open heart and the most love in your heart. Thank you. It's a mastered skill that people, Thank you. only certain people have. Thank you. And I mean, is this purposeful? Have you yes. figured this out? Yes. Have you worked on it in yes. within yourself? I work, you know, it's funny that you say that because I, I did when I was younger and probably for the wrong reasons, probably for the reasons that a lot of people try to when you're younger and you want to, you know, fit in and get into a clique. And I always had a lot of friends, but when you start getting a little bit older, you know, middle school and, and it's it, everybody starts to get really clicky, I somehow figured out that if I let other people talk about their problems, they would need me. So you become a people pleaser, a lot of people do, and it served me really well for many, many years. So I could immediately look at you, talk to you for five minutes, and read you and know this person needs a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of love. She needs a lot of reassurance that she's fabulous. Or this person needs to hear this. Or this person, like I could just for some, I could talk to someone for a couple minutes and see what they needed to hear and give it to them and keep giving it to them. Let them basically suck everything out so of me. Strange. Yes, it is. But I did it because I wanted to fit in and I wanted to make myself, you know, been there. Yes. So we do that as as young, you know, preteens, teenagers, and we get into the groups of our friends. And then like later in life, I'm like, why are why am I attracting so many needy people? Well, because I set myself up for that. <laughs> yeah. Because I became the strong one that's like, no, let me help you with your problem. So I became indispensable for to them. And it took me a long time to sort of cut those ties and stop those patterns where it was no longer serving me. But I also took it as a blessing in a way that, yes, I can read people so I can sense what they need to hear at specific times, which I think helps when you work with large groups of people when you're performing as a comedian on stage, you can sort of give the audience what they need. You can adjust your attitude depending on the group's attitude. I, I felt it's a very useful skill. A lot of salespeople have it, and I did sales for years before I got into comedy, like mm -hmm. like just like straight out of my car, people like selling imitation perfume. Your body. And, and my body. <laughs> uh, I just was like, do you want this fucking ass for $15? Um, but I mean, like, it is one of those things where you, you know, it became very useful to read someone, and it also became draining to have somebody constantly, you know, they can send, if you, if I can find someone who needs that love and attention, those people can also seek out someone who's strong and a rock, so it's like we're magnets, and then you have and to drain get, the yeah, fuck out of you. And drain the fuck out of you, emotional right. vampires, and right. you have to get to a point where you're just like, look, I can't, I can't do, I can't give you anymore, mm -hmm. and... And I did. It took a very long time. It was a very long process, and I lost a lot of people along the way, which is fine. You know what I mean? Um, but yes, so it's something that I think I worked on without even realizing that I was working on it. And I was working on it for selfish reasons for a long time, and then I had to like work on not having it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And taking care of myself, because I was sort of not taking care of myself in that well, respect. Well, I always tell my clients to get selfish. I mean, there's something to be said for getting selfish after sort of taking care of everyone your whole Absolutely. life. And I call them energy suckers. Completely. So it's it's a beautiful thing. Yes. You know, freeing yourself from that. Yes. Absolutely. Our so relationship with ourselves is the most important relationship, and it's the one we're the most critical and the harshest on. Like, it's sometimes... I think the way I treat myself in the past or I've spoken to myself in the past, the inner dialogue is so cruel. Like I would never say that to my best friend. Why am I saying it to the person that I should love the most, which is myself? But we do, right. all of us do, you know what I mean? So that's the the relationship that I think is a lifelong journey and it, it's like, oh my God, working on that is brutal. <laughs> it is. I think you and I attract, because we have youthful energy. Plus, we're young. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm like, like 15, like, everyone. We're like 30. <laughs> but anyway, we attract younger women to us for some reason, because we have this youthful energy, etc. But what would you want to, how would you advise a younger woman on sort of getting through this this time in their life and the energy vampires and getting rid of the codependent tendencies like right. how did you start on your journey what would you advise well first today? i can tell you is turn 30 um <laughs> some of you were like we're trying no right. but for women in their 20s some of this stuff is out of your control because your emotion your emotions are still all over the place something happens to a woman when she turns 30 like all of the bullshit sort of calms the fuck down mm -hmm. and 
it did for me. I suddenly stopped wanting. I was. I suddenly stopped seeking everyone's approval. And the older you get, the less you even need that. But something at thirty, like honestly, chemically, something happens in a woman's body that your hormones, everything sort of settles down. So all of those women screaming outside of bars, throwing you know their shoes at people, screaming because they're out of Stoli Raspberry. Those women are all in their twenties. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in their twenties. Uh, and wait, I did that last night. What are you? Well, I mean, about? you're also in your twenties. <laughs> um, I mean, we still have freakouts, like, it, but we just don't freak out the way we used to in our 20s like I remember kicking in doors and yelling at people and being like you know you don't even realize you're out of control you know you can definitely sit and try to meditate which I didn't do until my 30s I would say try to meditate just get to your 30s as fast as you can without any scars and things will start settling down on their own and then honestly you start now start loving yourself now love yourself for everything that you are everything you're doing you know you're beautiful inside and out and I know this sounds like words to a lot of people that are like but I'm not. I don't feel that way. It's it's a it's a daily struggle. You have to constantly keep reminding yourself. The comparison game is. It's what compare and despair is going to fuck everyone up. I yep. feel bad for I feel bad for people growing up right now in the age of social media. We mm-hmm. didn't have that. No. Not only did we not have that, we didn't have texting. We had answering machines. Like if you came right. home and there was a blinking message, great. If you played it there ten times, yeah, if it was that guy. Uh, that's great, exactly. <laughs> but you didn't. What know. do you think he means? Right, but you were out with your friends, so, super present. That's something you can do. Turn off your shit and be present because right. that really helps you. It's beautiful. It really is. It I is. don't know if I mean I don't know if I would have come out like as unscathed. Although I've definitely got scars. But if I'd grown up in the age of social media, I don't know if it could have been a little bit different story because I definitely suffer from FOMO where I'm like, what's everybody doing? Why aren't I doing it? You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, God, if I grew up during that age, oh, it would have been brutal. Um, Absolutely. So turn it off. I feel like it's we're going in that direction. It's It gets so – I feel like there's going to be a moment maybe in 2020 or in this next dec- ne- uh, next decade where everyone's like – off of social oh, media, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. There's I going predict. to be a backlash for sure, and then maybe people will slowly start coming back into it. But you see people dropping off of Facebook like super quickly because they don't, you know, need that. And now Instagram, there's a lot more people on it that just sort of like they're voyeurs. They just like watch other people, but mm-hmm. they don't really. It's it's one of those things where again, it's like get out in the real world, spend time with like your real friends, spend time getting to know yourself. If you're not happy like being alone, sitting at home and being with yourself, then you're never gonna be happy with anyone. It's just a fact. It took me a really long time to get there. Beautiful. Well said. Thank you. Yes. So, Jody, what about love? We always talk about love together. I know. And I feel like the quality of man, you you need to have someone meet you here. Mm-hmm. And I'm holding my, since we're not on camera, <laughs> I need to describe, I'm just yeah. kidding. So anyway. <laughs> She's doing these two things with her hands. One is in her pants. The other one is up her shirt. It's really weird. I don't know what she means by this. But <laughs> but you need someone to meet you there. And, and it's like no one has shown up yet. And I feel like we kind of need to talk about manifestation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because people think, oh, I'm asking for this, and so why haven't I received it yet? This this is bullshit. I'm doing all the work. Right. Right? Yeah. Well, I feel I, I feel like that needs to be discussed because sometimes God, the universe, how, however you want to uh, say it, isn't ready to give us that because we aren't ready to receive yes. in a certain way. Right. Right? So you have to get your head around that. Mm-hmm. And with you, I've always predicted this man coming in, mm-hmm. but I always see the number eight, August. Always see the number eight, yes. infinity, completion. Eight is my number. I mean, my birthday is on the eighth. It is. I grew up at eight White Meadow Road. I'm an eight. I'm an eight girl. Guys. Yeah, you are. Guys, I'm an eight. I'm a solid fucking eight. Um, some like in Afghanistan, I'm a ten though, easily. Uh, but in, in LA, LA, you're at 10, baby. Come on. Um, I, you know, what's interesting is, and I'm sure you get it all the time. I feel like that must be the number one question. Any psychic medium, like you must get that. 
it's the number one question is what about love? Especially from women. Like, what about love? What about love? What about love? You know Always. What I mean? Always. And it's interesting that, well, I've had a lot of readings, not just with you. I've had a oh lot of readings. Um, so <laughs> many readings. Cheater. Um, oh, just so many. I mean, throughout my life, I've had so many readings since I was in my 20s. Because <laughs> I didn't know you. Uh, but just I've had kidding. so many readings. And it's interesting because w- what went from. A lot of times people would be like, you know what, I don't see anyone in your life uh, for a long period of time, or I see this person here, or I see this here. It sort of changed from me doing a lot more work in my in my own world to that person isn't ready yet, or, the, or it's just not ready yet. And the way I look at it is... Um, I just, I bought a house every month, so everybody has to know that. Mm, uh, it's gorgeous. But thank you. But here's the thing. Seven years ago when my mom passed, that's when I thought I would be buying a house. And, you know, just from her estate and all of that stuff and for circumstances that we don't even need to get into, that did not happen. The crack seven years. Just, oh, yeah, obviously. The crack. <laughs> I mean, I just got hooked on crack and I had to get off of it. Uh, I'm sorry for people that are hooked on crack. Um, just but, kidding. Uh, just kidding. Oh crack my God. Um, we love you. Um, no, I, I, was, I was really mad for a long time. I was mad of, after my mom's death for a lot of reasons that manifested in different ways. But one of them was being like, you know, why can't I get out of this unstuck place? I tried to get pregnant. You know, I spent a year trying to get pregnant. I spent all this money. I kept doing things proactively to change my life, and I felt stuck, completely stuck in the exact same position, if if not sometimes like a couple steps backwards. And it was bothering me because I was doing the work. I was showing up. I was doing it. I was doing it. I was doing it. And especially because I had lived in the same place longer than I had lived in my childhood home. I was like, I don't understand how all of my friends are buying houses. They're moving. They're doing all of these things. At one point, you know... I forget what they call this, but people just all of a sudden pick up and, and leave a city or move like irrationally, like just out of like, out of just like desperation because they want to change their life and it usually ends terribly. So I didn't do that at least, but I was so angry about it. And then when this house, when I found this house, like the second I walked in there, I thought I was always supposed to live here. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth is, is that the people that live there, who are a lovely couple that retired, they weren't ready to move. I mean, they were, they've been there since 1990, and they just moved, so they were still living there. And I was supposed to live in this house, the house that I'm living in now. Right. So I look at it now, I can really look at it now and be like, well, that's why X, Y, and Z didn't play out the way I wanted it to play out, because they weren't ready to move. So sometimes, sometimes it's not, we do the work, and we're there. And we right. get there. Right. And, it, and I feel like I got there a couple of years ago, like ready for the relationship. But my guy probably is not ready yet or is getting exactly. there. He's not. The, he, so it's sometimes we're so mad at ourselves and we're like, I'm doing the work. Why is it happening? You have to remember that if you're going to meet someone else, they also have to do the work. They also yes. have to be there. They have to be geographically, emotionally, like available. They have to be, you have to find them. They, you guys, right. you know what I mean? So... It's one of those things where I have to just trust more. And I can get impatient as much as I want, but I have to calm down at the end of the day and be like, when it's ready, it's going to happen. And I, yes, I really work with my clients on letting go mm-hmm. because you can be in this state of neediness to attract. Yes. And in neediness, we repel. Yeah. Or we attract the wrong person. Yes. And that sets us back. So it's like this neediness to manifest, which is counterproductive. So counterproductive. You see what I mean? So it's like you get caught up in this whole manifestation thing, and then and it's 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 actually quite the opposite. Yes. Right. So just letting go. Letting go. Existing in the space between the thoughts. Yes. And going, I trust it's all going to work out. Right. Right. It's hard for people, though. You know how hard that oh, is. Oh yeah, it's hard. I, I feel like I'm so far the other way. That I almost what? don't give a shit about oh. anything. Hilarious. <laughs> Nihilist. <laughs> like, whatever. I mean, I think we've been there too. Uh, right. It's hard. It's hard. Oh, it's, it's so a, hard. It's hard to stay in the middle and have that healthy, fine line. It's bizarre. And also when, well, I know for me, and I don't know if other people out there, like when you are really happy, then there's a small part of you that's waiting for the other shoe to drop and you're like, wait a second. It like there have to be ebb and flows in the universe. And then I have to remind myself, oh, I came out of a horrible like ebb, <laughs> like a horrible, terrible stuck like seven years 
So I deserve a good flow. You know what I mean? Right. I well, was, yeah. And you feel like you have to feel guilty. A little bit, yeah. Being, yeah. You do. I, if you're not feeling, you're, you're guilty for not feeling guilty. People love, <laughs> yes, that's right. People love to stay in that negative place without even realizing it. I do. There's comfort in when you sit there and we just like talk about everything that's wrong with our life. Just somehow we, it's feeding that part of us. And when you do it in, with multiple people, it's very addicting. It's like mm -hmm. we get addicted to that. We get because that's what we're used to feeling. So it's kind of a comfortable feeling. We're not used to feeling sometimes the joy that we feel. So it's uncomfortable. So we like self sabotage ourselves so that we can go back to that comfortable place without even realizing that we're doing it. Right. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's a vicious cycle. I wish it didn't take that long to get there, but I feel like it. It just does as a human being, you know what I mean? That's you, why they say you youth have is wasted the, on the young. You have the same birthday as my ex-husband. That's right. And he was a, a, a goddamn genius, like incredibly, incredibly bright man, and very similar to you in that he he had to have the guilt, he had to have the stress in order to achieve. Right. And that never went away, no matter how much we worked on it. Right. What do you think that stems from? Um, I think, I mean... Is it your upbringing? For me, it's it's definitely my upbringing. And I mean, a Taurus man is definitely different than a Taurus woman, although they're both... I know a lot of other Taurus men, uh, my bosses. Um, and uh, he's... Like, like, I mean, he's definitely, like, really good at what he does, a businessman, but he's, like, he just doesn't sleep. He just motivates, and I feel like he also feeds a little bit on the chaos. I was told recently that I, I'm at my best um, under pressure and stress. I operate under stress. And I actually, I've learned to not look at it as such a negative thing. I Like, we were talking earlier, I... I'm off from work right now just on the holiday break and it's hard for me to not have stuff to do. I like having deadlines and being like sort of in that frenzy. Not to a point where it makes me sick or makes it's unhealthy. There is a fine line. But I do operate really well when there's a lot going on. I just do. So it's for me it's more about just being happy and knowing that I'm in that place and it's okay. But I also the negative part of it comes from watching my parents who are completely opposite. But my mom my mom handled things well in stress and, and had a lot of stress going on, but also suffered from depression and didn't. Like, I watched her handle everything, but I thankfully I have my father's more, more his disposition. Mm. So I was hard, they're both hardworking, but I, I, I could, I'm able to carry a lot of the stress without it getting, like, here's the thing. It affects my body. It's funny because I tell people that. It affects my body before it affects my brain. So my acid reflux starts kicking up. I start, you know what I mean? Like that starts happening. But in my brain, I'm like, I don't even feel stressed. It's because you're internalizing it. I don't, yes. So I think looking at both of my parents, I think I definitely, I carried stress. Yeah, I carry stress away. My mom does definitely in my stomach. Like you don't see what's going on here. But I also don't feel it like in my brain. I mean, I do... To a point, like you have to push me really, really far and then I definitely crack, but I can handle a lot and I actually thrive under it and sort of like when I don't have a lot going on, it that sort of depresses me. Like I watch a lot of people, especially at work, that you know, can crack under the pressure and I kind of thrive under it. But you have to be careful because it will manifest itself in other ways. You know it so I mean? does. So does. Bad girl. I know. <laughs> you but know? I also get fillers and Botox so you can't see that I'm stressed out. Well, but we know. And, and you know, Louise Hay, Louise yes, L. Hay, yes. the, the uh, old yeah. school. Old school. Affirmation lady. Yep. She has in, in the book, You Can Heal Your Life, in the back, there's all these sort of things that are uh, meanings for physical pain. So it's like yes. you have a sore throat, it's an inability to speak your mind. You have a headache, it's because, you know, on and on and on right. and on. So it's, it's, it's important to not hold it in. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the truth is, is that, so like I definitely, my mom, it's funny, what we got from our parents. My mom had a horrible stomach her whole life, had stress-induced ulcers, 
was great at business, but always had. But I mean, even before she was working, she always just had stomach issues, and I developed them in my late thirties. Um, and now it's like acid reflux. My dad also kind of suffers from that too. But I, my mom held everything and he didn't talk about it. But I'm like my dad, where I talk a lot about it. Good. So I'm really. But unfortunately, my body is my mom's body. So even though I'm talking about it and I do meditation and my ENT is like, oh, you're really taking care of your throat because you're drinking the allergies, juice and I'm working on cutting certain things out. Unfortunately, even when I'm not stressed, like I'm still going to have acid reflux because I have my mom's. That's how I know that it's not just stress, that it's it's just, you know, what genetics. I inherited. Genetics is what I inherited from her. Right. But thankfully, I inherited, you know, a, a non my mom has suffered from depression, which she kept from me until later in life. And thankfully, I'm, I I don't have that. Right. Um, like, my brother has that. I do not have that. I have my father's sort of, you know what I mean? So I'm I'm happy about that. Right. But unfortunately, yeah, I mean, so it's like, so some, sometimes I'm when I say I'm genuinely not stressed and I'm thriving, and but I'm suffering from massive refluxes because I'm moving a lot. I also, right. though, when I get stressed, sometimes I scream and it immediately comes all out, <laughs> which is great. But then it also sends my body into like, oh. Right. Uh, so even though mentally I'm like, okay, I got it out, my body's still holding onto it. So it's such a fine line between connecting the head and the and. and but the it's body. it's knowing your body. Yes. I went to this chiropractor and and um, she was a millennial and she was trying to tell me, you know, she's like, your bo- our bodies have memory and this and that about our bodies, and I'm thinking, I'm cool. Like, yeah. like, I don't want to come back to you, yeah, you I know, because I, I know my body, you know your body. very well, yes. you know, at this point. Yes, I do, too. And I don't want a millennial chiropractor. <laughs> I don't want a millennial touching my body. And who smells like patchouli, um, and it's getting on me, oh and you're telling me that about my body. You know what? That's hilarious. We right. were, though, um, a lot about, like... When I was talking about the house and like having an open mind too, because that's not where I thought I would live, but uh, like I, I actually went out on a date last night with a millennial. Ooh, but an older do tell an older millennial. Uh, but the reason that popped up into my head is because you were asking like what advice to give younger people listening to this, and I think the thing that I have been like like the dialogue that's been playing in my head over and over and is keeping your options open and not because I'm I'm sure you know from your ex like I'm stubborn I'm stubborn totally. yes like, oh god all yes. on stubborn oh, and yes. I like dig my heels in and I'm like I'm not doing that never doing that it's never gonna happen <laughs> and I did that with my job I didn't want to be in a writer's room for a long period of time my manager would be like I want to get you in a writer's room I'm like I want to work from home and I mean, I missed out on probably a lot of opportunities until I finally said, fine, I'll take this job. And then it changed my life. And then right. I was like, fine, I'll move to that part of the city, which I swore I would never move to. And it changed my life. So I went out with someone yesterday who he doesn't drink. And that used to be like a thing for me, like, well, I want a guy who can drink socially and not have a problem. And I thought to myself, you know, like, let's. Like, normally I would just be like, well, what am I even going out for him for? Like, why? And I was like, no, just go out. You have no idea what his backstory is. You just put that he doesn't drink. You have no idea if he has a problem or not. You know what I mean? And he doesn't. Right. He just chose to not stop drinking Which for a while. Which is awesome. But he loves doing MDMA and Ooh. told me that everyone should do it at least once a year, which I totally, like, we bonded on. So it's interesting because that was a really good date. And I think the last time I actually saw you in person, I had also had a really good date, and I never heard from that guy again. Um, he just completely disappeared, like off the face of the earth. I think he's dead, actually. Oh my god! I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's all dead. So and like dead. every girl out there is like, okay. yeah, fuck him. That's what he gets for not texting you back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was like, oh my god, Heather. I see him in a ditch. I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> he should be. Um, no. <laughs> no, I mean, that guy was like, was also, I thought it was such a great date. He was the one with the kid. And right. I thought, you know what I mean? But like, whatever. Like, I've also learned to like, just look at it like, that was a you great day. You were being date. spared. Yes, you I was being, being spared. spared. But also like, I think what, what so many of us do is we like go on a date with someone. And if it is a good date, we are jumping 50 steps ahead. And instead of stopping and going, I had a great date. That's all it was, and that's all it should be right now. Like, that, it was good. I'm so glad I went, because I almost canceled, like, three times. Right. And I'm so glad I went. And 
hopefully we're going to see each other again. I can't predict the future, but you can. <laughs> yeah, you will see him again. There's a Jim or James around him. Is that his dad? I don't know. Okay, so you will see him again. The dad is very important in his life, or his angel, earth angel or angel, and uh, he has a really good heart. He's it very does. down to earth. Yes. He's no bullshit. Has a yeah. hippie streak in him. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Dead on. I yeah. know. There you guys so, go. Look, guys, so she's dead a, on. He's a good one. He's, he's really he's all good. heart. He really is. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad I went last night. And he's not like him. I mean, we're ca we're we're generalizing, but he's not like a millennial at all. No, no, no. He, and he's older he's too. And it's funny though because. I say out loud, like, he's young, but he's not. Like, I didn't think he was really that young until I, like, did the math. And he's, you know, I'm over 10 years older than him. And it's, and it's, I don't feel that way. In L.A., it doesn't oh mean God, anything. Who cares? But those, 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 like, dot, the narratives pop up in my head. What if he wants kids? What if he wants this? You know, and, but what I'm doing well, you're is. you're having a kid. Uh, I'm going to be adopting a kid, everybody. So? I know I'm saying, it's yeah, the I'm same adopting. Thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I am. But it's You're like having a kid. But maybe he wants his own biological kid. You know what I mean? Then I come through that he doesn't. He doesn't. No, good. He's super chill. He seems really chill. He's super chill. Um, the other thing, what was I gonna tell you? I'm adopting a kid, everybody. So yeah, so 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 Jody's adopting a kid, which is a huge, amazing step. I've always seen a boy. Yeah. A little uh, uh, ethnic boy. Yes. I'm trying to say how how do I say this piece? No. I'm so unpiece. Let me about tell you. Everything. I know. I I'm like Archie Bunker. I'm all like the time. this is so. I'm learning about the adoption process. I'm uh, talking about it on stage, and um, so if there's anybody out there right now that's thinking I'm pregnant and I don't want to be, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so. Uh, it's interesting because it's a lot like uh, dating. Like you fill out a profile and my lawyer in the agency, like I'm going to have to meet a birth mother and we have to see if we gel and we yeah. like have to connect. And it's like, oh my God, it's like another like dating app in a way. In a way. And um, But I'm learning a lot about it and you have to take these classes and one of them is a transracial class, which Ooh. is when they told me that, it just it clicked. I was like, oh, because if I'm open to, and, you, and a lot of people can say they only want a certain ethnicity. I'm open to anything. So, right. because I just want a baby, I want a healthy baby, and and I don't care. And I mean, if it could be half feline, that would be my oh you know my preference. God. But I mean, with the cat, uh, I can't help it. Um, it's amazing. I know. If I could have a cat, I already have a cat baby. But um, so they're like, yeah, you have to take a transracial class because you know if you have an ethnic child, they will most likely identify as white because I'm white. Right. So you need. So I want to, of course, learn about. All, how to deal with all of that, what's it going to be like for this child, you know, growing up. Right. You know. Um, how about my text yesterday? About <laughs> I was married to a Jewish man for six oh, years. We were right. together 10. And I text you, I go, well, I know you're Jewish, and Ariel's Jewish too, but um, I'm having a party oh, was for hilarious. Christmas Eve. And um, it was on and on, so awkward so and so funny. stupid. No, it was hilarious. Like, I, I, just, I got I a tree. I got know. my first tree this year because... <laughs> I have a house and it deserves a tree, and I just was like, I'm getting a tree. Oh my God! Well, it, it, you you want a tree? Yeah, Trees I've never had pretty. a tree. I've Trees had a tree are so when pretty. I was in Jersey. My roommate was half Jewish and half Catholic, but she always celebrated Christmas, so we got a tree. But that was like you know over 20 years ago. So this is my first like you know adult I love tree. it. Yeah, I love it. It's great. They're because they're pretty. I don't yes, even know what they so represent. Pretty. What they're the fuck just, do they represent? The season. They represent the season. <laughs> it's like a bauble. It's like a big yes, bauble. It is. <laughs> This is something for my cat to knock down, and I'm okay with that. But yeah, so I mean, the adoption process is, and you and I have talked about it, we've talked about it on my podcast, we've talked about it in person. I think, you know, as a woman, like, I had to mourn the loss of not being able to have my own child. And I still definitely yeah. am working through things. It's definitely gotten a lot better, and the more that I, you know, move forward in the adoption process you know, the more I'm, it, it's really about, it's not so much your biological child, it's the love and the family, you know what I mean, that makes, that, that makes that child yours, you know what I mean, so I. But I feel him waiting for you. He's waiting somewhere. He's ethnic and he's a boy. Well, hopefully. And he's been waiting all this time. 
Well, his mom needs to make a poor decision to have sex outside of an Applebee's. She's so. an A or E name. A or E name is the mom that's coming through. See how I'm like kind of shaking? Is she pregnant now or not yet? Now. She's pregnant right now. Right now. All right. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, because usually you meet the birth mom right around when they're like second trimester, almost third trimester. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a fast track. Yeah, baby. Fast track. I got to mm-hmm. put a fence around my pool, people. It's a big deal. Steven can do it. Thank you. My husband will do it for you. God. He's a builder. It's like my first sacrifice. My I mean, he's so not beautiful. a builder, but his workers are builders. <laughs> I'm like so like, that's like the biggest thing. Like, I'm like, oh, I got to get a fence around my pool. We'll do it. Jesus. Here's the best thing about it is that I'm going to give a child a loving home, an amazing, loving, supporting home, and I don't have to stop drinking for nine months. It is a win-win it's people. fantastic. Adopt. You can fact, even I'm have drinking a cigarette. More. In fact, I'm drinking more. <laughs> you can even smoke a cigarette. I can smoke. I can do smoke, can whatever I want. smoke a Marlboro because it's the 90s. Oh, my God. And I'm you're a, on I Sex was in a the Marble, City. I was a Marlboro Light girl. <laughs> Not a Marlboro. I was a Parliament in college, and then I was a Marlboro Light for years. Only when I drank, though. I never was. I never smoked outside of drinking. Isn't it weird to watch Sex in the City and she's, oh, just, she's like just smoking, smoking in but her every apartment? But every time I would watch that, or It was Men, normal. But I wanted a cigarette. Every time I'd oh, watch God, Sex in the yes. City, I'd be like, oh, my God, she makes oh, me want to have a cigarette. Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. So good to smoke in your house. Remember those days? Oh, I don't yeah. know if I ever, I don't even think in my old apartment if I ever smoked. I definitely smoked in my apartment in Jersey uh, during parties and I stuff like that. I did in Oakland, in my scummy Oakland totally college di- Different apartment. time. I used to smoke in my car <laughs> all the time. So, I mean, yeah, that was my yeah, favorite yeah, thing to do, would yes. be to leave the comedy club and drive home, light, light it up. Yeah. In fact, it was more, and they always say that, it's not even the tobacco, the nicotine, it is the habit of yes. smoking. And that was so hard to, because I wasn't a big smoker, but there was only that, maybe two specific times when I got off stage and got my first drink and I lit up a cigarette. Right. And driving home and having a cigarette. Those are the only two times, like driving home from bartending, having a cigarette. Um, Cranking Tupac or the yeah, Ramones or something. And you're like, I'm a badass, I'm smoking and I'm listening to Tupac. Oh my God, but I never used my ashtray. You know, or just flick it outside <laughs> oh yeah, and just so pollute the smell. earth. Right. So it doesn't smell. Exactly. You probably started the fire on the I'm 405. Sure I did, you know people. Whatever. Terrible. <laughs> so um we have wait what's next for you 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 are blowing up you are oh blowing Thank up career wise you told me this yes so when my I'm like, yes my friend <laughs> you did you, my friend jonna came who's coming in new year's and you read her and then you were like let's do a cookie with you it was like 15 minutes i remember it was remember i put the offer in that first house that you couldn't see right. so i put an offer in a first house people and i was so oh, excited yeah. to tell you and you were really happy but you just looked at me and you go i can't see it you weren't saying like you're not getting it you just were like you couldn't visually see it right. there was nothing you could see about it and we were trying to describe it to you and you were really like genuinely happy but now looking back you couldn't see it cuz that was in the house but you know then cut to a month later then i find my house but you told me in that quick little 15 minutes, like literally all you just said was, is your fame meter like is going all the way, like all the way to the extreme. Like that's all you said. That's the first thing that came through. And I think that was pretty much the only thing we talked about. That was like a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely held on to that. Um, it's interesting because I felt good already about everything. And I do right now. And I think it is, you mentioned it before, it's letting go, which, by the way, people, is the hardest thing. We're not sitting here saying it's so easy to let go, just let go and let God. Like, fuck, it's I mean, so fucking pot hard. helps, but you don't smoke pot. I don't. I but it, it, like, literally, it's so hard to let go. But it is so true that once you do let go, it's, everything starts coming to you. Like, I definitely, you know, when producing and writing more, there was a part of me that was like, it's okay if I'm not on camera as much anymore, even though I still really wanted it. I kind of let it go because I was like, well, the longevity is in creating and putting your mark and being like, this is my show and creating and putting it out there. I felt like, and the longevity in this career, I was like, I don't have to worry so much about being on camera, although if it happens, great. And the second I like let it go is when it, it came back, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, threefold. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's... But you're ginger on Gilligan's Island. I know, but this isn't my real hair color. Um, so? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be on TV. You're ginger. I am ginger. Yeah. I'm ginger, everybody. <laughs> Although, she was kind of like... 
I feel like I'm more Marianne in a ginger body. Really? Yeah. I'm more ginger in a Marianne body. No, you're pretty ginger. <laughs> you're pretty sexy ginger. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, you're always like, you're put together so well, and I'm like, I like I'm more of a tomboy put together, and you're more of a glam girl. So I'm definitely <laughs> really? more, yeah. Yeah. Why can't you don't see I, that? Uh, uh, in like the best possible way. I feel so dorky. Your dog's name is Chanel. <laughs> okay, my cat's name is Jersey. Like, <laughs> let's honestly like look at this too. Like, mm, I'm definitely more of a Marianne in that capacity. <laughs> oh, you cracked me. I'm this wearing sneakers right now, and you have like the hottest red pumps on. What? Wait, you cracked me up. What did you say when we were filming one of those? Oh. That I didn't even know my middle name. Yes, yes. That's my testimonial. Oh my god! Before I, I met it. Heather, I didn't even know my middle name, <laughs> and she knew it. People, that's how good she is. So okay, so what we're gonna do this segment, but I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear about your what. Honestly, what's next for you? What I don't do you, know. What do you, what I mean, right now I'm on a break, and um, I'm on a show. show is, I'm on a show called The World's Funniest Weather. Yes. And the Weather Channel is doing a marathon this weekend that I just found out about it because it's doing really well on their on their channel. I don't know so if anybody cool. else has heard of it anywhere else. It's on and it's on syndicate. It's syndicated. A lot of people don't eat off cable anymore, so I don't even know who's watching it. It's I'm just, watching it. It's just super fun to shoot, and. Um, I'm the host of that. And then I'm also on Funny You Should Ask. Not, you know, you can catch me on it. I'm not on every episode, but I'm on enough that you can turn it on and probably see me in a repeat. And it's super fun. But I mean, I do, I really, I, I really want to do a comedy special. I really want to do my own show. I'm continually writing and pitching. And especially the older we get and this adoption and, you know, don't call me ma'am I mean my podcast and like all of that it's super just I feel important to talk about for women like there's a word out there called perimetopause women and if you don't know what it is it's basically the stage you go through before fucking menopause and it's like watching a trailer to the scariest fucking movie like oh yeah this hasn't happened yet but it's about to (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like everyone's like are you perimetopause I'm like you can peri go fuck yourself how about that just peri fuck yourself it's like really, it's a horrible, like weird thing that hangs over you uh, because everyone's like, "What's well, sort of like being pre-pubescent?" I'm like, "Nope." When you go, when you're in puberty, yeah. everyone looks at you and thinks, "Well, one day soon she'll be down to fuck." When you're in menopause, they look at you and they're like, "She'll be down to knit." That's what's about to happen. <laughs> like seriously, that's literally like when that's and here's the thing, and that's not the case. Women after menopause are like hot, sexy, gorgeous. I mean, I look at women that are in their 60s and fucking stunning and gorgeous and still sexual and all of that. But that's not our perception of it. So I'm trying to, like, talk about it on stage more as I'm, like, slowly getting closer to it because I'm closer to that in that direction than I am in the other direction. So fuck, might as well talk about it if it's in my head. So hopefully that's what I'm going to keep doing. I mean, I don't know how long these shows are going to last, but I'm going to... They're I'm gonna get, keep moving. You're gonna just keep smoking. Am I gonna keep smoking? Yeah, cigarettes. <laughs> I'm not going back to smoking. Everyone. You're gonna keep blowing up. I feel this, so you don't have to worry. Okay, you're not good. gonna want for anything. All right. You're gonna just keep blowing up, moving forward, being awesome. Um, with we, my little boy. With your little boy. Watch, it's like a. Never mind. <laughs> No, I'm always right with my predictions with you. Yeah, I think you're pretty right with the, the majority of stuff. I mean, I think some career stuff happens like way later, and I know that because time is not. It's not, not linear. Always, it's not linear. It's not that you know what I mean. Right. Um, but yeah, no, you're you're way more right than you are not right. I think I don't think there's anything that you've told me that hasn't either come true in one way or, or the other. Maybe not. I'm not right in the head. That's where I'm well, not right. I don't know who is. I don't want to be friends with anyone who oh is. God. So we have this segment. Okay. The voodoo that you do. I love it. And you were talking about something about the new year. The new blah, year. Blah, it's blah. a new it's a new but, decade. But, well, so the voodoo that you do is something you want to know from me. Okay. Like mani- to manifest okay. or uh, a prediction or what have you, but I know you were saying something about the new year. Well, I'm more, I mean, no, I love that. Like, let's totally do this because I think it's, I think it's, I mean, right now it's the almost 2020, so it's not only a new year, it's a new decade. And a lot of people sort of. Is it? No, I'm just yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people look back at their lives in decades. You know what I mean? Like the 10 years, like what did I do in 10 years? What am I going to do in 10 years from now? So I think for me, 
Because there is a part of me that fears all of this will go away because I love to remind people that five years ago I was delivering groceries. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I also had a lot of success in my 30s. So I definitely, if you're in this industry, you know there are ups and downs. You know what I mean? You can be really successful, you can blow up, and then you can disappear and, you know, be delivering groceries or waiting tables again and, you know, nannying and catering and doing all of that. Sounds like clear delete. I know. <laughs> but, I mean, thank God I had those skill sets to do all of that because, right. thankfully, I was always able to be like, now I can do this job, I have to go back to this job. Unfortunately, I have to go back to this job, but thank God I know how to bartend. Thank God I know how to mm-hmm. cater. Thank God I know how to do that. But... So I think there is a part of me, even though I feel, you know, this is great. This has probably been the best year maybe in my life, but definitely since before my mom died. Um, Like, I finally feel like I'm back to myself. I remember driving in my car, and I went back to an SUV. I had sedan for six years, strangely. Um, And I went back to a little SUV, and I was driving to my new house, and a song came on. I was singing, and I just had this, like... Ghostbusters. I had this moment. It wasn't Ghostbusters, but I do love that song. Um, uh, It was this moment, like, I swear to God, out loud, and in my head, it was like, I'm back. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like if I had been gone for seven years since my mom died. Because right before my mom died, I was probably the happiest I've been until now. And it wasn't like I didn't have amazing moments in those seven years, because I did. America's Got Talent, which was great and horrible. I had amazing moments. But it was a lot of ups and downs. And now because this has been such a phenomenal year, there is that fear. Oh God, what if it goes away? You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it has in the past. Not like this, but you know what I mean? So I think maybe that's my voodoo that you do mm-hmm. question, which you sort of already just answered, but... No, I've got a little trick for you. Though. Okay. I've got a little voodoo for you. I love it. So it's a, a lot of my clients know this. You probably do too, but I'm going to remind you. Okay. Uh, I have a key phrase. So when you're in the moment of doubt, when you're in the moment of trepidation, when you're in the moment of fear, and you're saying to yourself, well, God forbid, my show's not coming back for another season. Uh, I'm not going to be cast for such and such. They don't want my pilot. They're not going to to say yes to my pitch. You know, all these things that we say that damage us and and scare us and and put the kibosh on manifesting and and et cetera. Because when you're manifesting, you should have confident, steadfast, one-pointed intention on what you want to happen, right? right? And no doubt, no room for doubt. So if you have a doubt or a fear or a creep in uh, negative thought, I want you to say, cancel, clear, delete. Delete. Okay? So you get rid of that thought. Get rid of that negativity, right? Right. So for me, it's a a lot of weight stuff still. So I will be like, I'm fat if I say the F word. So I'll say, no, cancel, clear, delete. I love my beautiful, sexy, slender body. I bless my body with love, right? lovely. And then feel it, not think it, but feel, feel it. it, feel it, feel it. It's look at myself naked in the mirror and, and all my curves and love my curves. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. And just absorb the love for my body. But but the first thing I do is I say cancel, clear, delete. Eliminate that negative thought and don't absorb it into your being. Right? Got it. Because... It really does help. And I learned that from my shaman friend, Isabella. And she she said something. She says more like cancel, cancel, cancel. But I, I'm, I'm kind of nerdier with cancel, clear, right. delete. Yeah. It's kind of just more like concrete for me. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So cancel, clear, delete cancel, every clear, delete. damn negative thought you have and replace it with the positive in the present right. moment. All right. Sound good? Sounds great. Where do we find you? You can find me. Uh, imagine if I gave my address. I was like, everybody yep, come, come yep. by. Out um, in, uh, out, yeah, Venice can, Beach. Yep, that's where I live, baby, <laughs> right on the beach. Um, no, you can find me at jodymillercomedy.com. That's my website. You can follow me, Jody Miller Comic, all across the board. Um, you can listen to my podcast, Don't Call Me Ma'am. Heather is one of my episodes. Amazing. Um, Yay. 
New episodes coming in 2020. You can watch The World's Funniest Weather. You can watch yes. Funny You Should Ask. You should watch them. And There's some new yeah. stuff out there, too, if you look hard. There's some what? Nude stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. So or you can just text me and I'll send you a picture. <laughs> okay. Jody, I love you. I love you. You're the best. You're the best. If you liked today's episode, please leave me a rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening. For more info about me, visit my website at heatherovel.com. If you liked today's episode, please leave me a rating and review, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening. For more info about me, visit my website at heatherovel.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.